Hello, dear adventurers. You don't know me yet, but my name is Gristle. Gristle Gaslight, here to welcome you back to the Pathfinder Kings as we play through Outlaws of Alkenstar. As always, we'd like to invite you to join our Discord and follow us on Twitter at TPK Podcast. As I recall, we were on Session 8 at the East of All Brewery. Within the brewery, the party is attacked by two clockwork brewers. While they were eventually defeated, our friends found themselves a little worse for wear. Continuing deeper into the back room, the gang explores some rooms and finds a large wasp swarm. They quickly close the door. In the process of trying to hide, Arcus unknowingly backs into one of the vats. This proves to be a bad choice as one that just happened to contain a yeasty use. After taking care of that, the gang finally makes their way to the cold storage, where Gattlesby collects a silver wedding band. Before the gang can leave, however, they're attacked by Dewey Daystar, the Cactus Leshy, and gang. Things don't go so well, and the TPK gang finally got their first TPK, perishing along with Gattlesby. But do not worry, I swoop in at just the last minute and dispatch 20 men before growing tired of fighting, and what What do you mean stick to the script? Well anyway, on to a new day with a new party, with a rather handsome wizard I hear. With her original party failing horrendously on their single mission to rescue Gattlesby and the inventor being found dead at the Yeast of All Brewery, Phoebe takes it upon herself to collect a new gang of criminals, mostly criminals, who also have scores to settle against Ambrose Mugland and Deputy Angelique Loveless, because that's the easiest way she knows how to manipulate them into doing her bidding. Back at the Bullet and Barrel Saloon, Phoebe is at the bar pouring a drink for a customer when in walks our first new adventurer. Walking into the bar is a um, quite a short um, humanoid basset hound creature. Uh, he's got little pickaxe hanging over his shoulder, flat cap on, and yeah, just in some fairly um, mundane, normal clothes. Uh, he's just going to kind of walk up to the bar and it's... I was here to believe there was some um, employment around here. Uh, it's, it's Buddy uh, here. Phoebe's gonna take a bottle off the shelf behind her and pour a drink, slide it over to you, and nod her head to the side, pointing at one of the private rooms in the back. So, um, just want me to head back there then? She nods silently. Alright, he's gonna um, walk into the room at the back, uh, leave the drink though. It's not gonna have any. Okay. The next thing you'll see uh, after he slides into that, you know, rear door of the saloon there is those two swinging saloon uh, hinged doors uh, crackle, but uh, no silhouette graces the front entryway. Um, instead, you realize they've been pushed aside by a pair of wobbly antennas attached to a uh, crudely reconstructed automaton covered in the chew marks of uh, what appears to be the mandibles of some goat-like uh, creature uh, covered in rust and other stains um, as it kind of Planks around the bar floor um, with its waddling little gait. Uh, it approaches the bar and uh, takes a look at Phoebe um, and says, Hello, my name is Cogsley Tinkerton. You requested uh, uh, armed assistance in dealing with a pair of individuals known to us as Contract 1 and Contract 2. It is a pleasure to make the acquaintance of my new employer. Phoebe's gonna lean over the front of the bar and peer down at you and... Again, she's going to 
tilt her head to the side, pointing at one of the back private rooms. Thank you for the direction. I'll meet with you shortly. And this small little automaton waddles around the corner of the saloon and over to that private room in the back. Grizzled Gaslight walks into the bar. He's a tall, large pointed eared elf, short blonde hair, and on his back is strapped some kind of contraption. Some people might call it a staff, although it is beyond recognition of its original form. He strolls up to the barkeep and he says, Hello, hello, I am Estaf LaRue. I was told that, uh, I'm to be summoned here? I'm sure you've heard of me. I'm talk of the town these days. And with that, she's going to grab another bottle off the shelf behind her, pour a little drink, slide it towards you, and nod her head towards the private room in the back. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, one of my favorites, I'm sure. Uh, thank you so much. And I tipped him a uh, ten silver. She kind of raises an eyebrow as you do so, but she takes the money anyways. And lastly... Two gentlemen are going to walk through the bar. Uh, One is being wheeled in a wheelchair uh, with what looks to be a muzzle device over his head. And the gentleman wheeling him around is carrying a silver briefcase with him as well. And he wheels him on up over to the bar. And he says to you, hey, uh, Grand Duchess has got you your reinforcements. Um, Where should I put them? Phoebe's gonna look at the man and then look at the other man in the wheelchair and kind of raise an eyebrow. She has a quizzical look for a second before just sighing in resignation and she nods her head to the private room in the back. Alright, I'll take him on over there. And, uh, Grand Duchess said to not let him out unless you're absolutely ready for him to go. Did you know that we have a floor beneath the bottom floor of the dungeons? I didn't. And with that, Phoebe's gonna, like, shake her hand at him and say, What are you, a fucking idiot? Shut up and put him in the back room already! And he's gonna hastily wheel him into the back room. After a minute or two passes, Phoebe looks around the bar, making sure everyone is taken care of, before heading into the back room where you all are situated. She's going to hold her glass of whiskey and take a nice, long long drink out of it before just looking at all of you guys and sighing heavily. Well, she starts to speak. I have a problem that needs solving, and I suppose you all are who I am stuck with after my first gang met an untimely demise. So, letting you all know now, your lives are on the line, but it pays well and it'll get you closer to settling your score with your old friends, Ambrose Mugland and Deputy Angelique Loveless. Last night, we got reports of a flying clockwork monster spotted over Hammer Street in Ferris Quarter. It flew over the Strati due east before leaving the city entirely. Dunsmith indicates on the general area on a map of Alkenstar. One of the sentries at Alkenstar Castle got a good look at it and said it was a clockwork cat with big bronze wings, with somebody riding it like a steed. We checked with the Temple Brig, you know, goddess of clockworks. They keep a tight rein on which clockworks get made in Alkenstar. Turns out nobody's filed the paperwork for any clockwork cats. According to the Brigites, there's just one obvious suspect. Dunsmith slides a charcoal sketch across the table. The sketch shows a gaunt-faced man with bushy hair, thin lips, a broad nose, and an intense stare. Oloman Kosawana, 
one of the church's former primary cogs, the second highest rank one can attain within the Brigite priesthood. A real whiz with clockworks, apparently, plus anything else he sets his mind to. Curious to a fault, you might say. He was booted from the church a while ago for breaking protocol and promoting heretical conspiracy theories. Last time anyone saw him in public was at our friend Vashon Gattlesby's Pyronite demonstration. Dunsmith raises her eyebrow meaningfully. I'm sure you all know Gattleby has been terminated, and his recipe for pyronite has been reverse engineered by another alchemist. Kosawana kept a low profile till recently, doing his own thing at his workshop in Ferris Quarter. We got a few complaints from neighborhoods of loud booms coming from the workshop, but nothing serious. We all know what that means. Well, the same night Sentry saw the flying clockwork cat, one of Koswana's neighbors says he saw the old man fleeing the premises, some gun-toting goons in pursuit. Sounds like one of the local gangs broke into the place and our man hightailed it out of there. Now, here's where it gets interesting. One of the robbers matches the description of our old friend, Ambrose Muglin. Dunsmith claps her hands behind her back and turns around to study the whiskey bottles lining one of the walls. Maybe it's a coincidence that Mugland, who failed to capture Gattleby, leads a gang of toughs to grab this Kosawana guy a few nights later, but I don't believe in coincidences. I want you to check it out. She drops a cloth sack on the table that lands with a satisfying clink. Go search Kosawana's workshop and talk to his neighbor. The priest at the Temple of Brig will have the address. While you're at the temple, maybe see about looking into whatever heretical poppycock got Kotswana in hot water with the Brigites. It could give us some clues as to where he went. At any rate, the Duchess wants you to find him before Muglin does. Ensure his safety and find out what he knows. If he managed to figure out the Pyronite formula, bring him in so we can keep him safe. Recover Subject A in lieu of Contract 2. Copy. I'm, I'm sorry, I just want to make sure. You did mention payment, I believe? She's gonna jingle the bag on the table that landed with that satisfying clink. You'll get payment once Koswana is back here safe. And just how much are we talking about here? Because uh, I believe your note said one thing that you sent to me, and I just want to make sure that we're uh, on the same terms. 200 gold pieces. 200? That's crazy. I was under the impression we were getting paid 250. Roll me diplomacy. Or deception. The gaslighter's starting off strong here, gang. Really is. He's starting to get us more. This will be the one time this power is used for good. Oh, I assure you, nothing good is going to come from me. That is going to be a nat 20, so a total of 28, I believe. Starting off strong. The first roll of the night with the new characters is a critical success. They call me something of a, a gaslighter, I hear. I just tell my personal truth. Phoebe's gonna sigh and shake her head and be like, I can do 250. Oh, perfect. I mean, you did ask for excellence, and uh, you knew where to find it when you called for me, so I appreciate doing business, and we will get right to it. She's gonna nod her head. I mean, we have to all appreciate the humor in hiring a dog to chase a cat. Phoebe just stares at you deadpan. Not even a chuckle? Not even a crack of a smile. I I breathe loudly through my nose. This unit is not programmed to understand racism. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hefty allegation you make in there, friend. Damn, buddy. Maybe you need to check your privileges. Quantitative statement between dogs and cats amounts to racism. 
The guy that was wheeling the gentleman in the chair around is going to raise his hand and say, Um, Phoebe, is it okay if I let him go now so I can leave? She's going to look at him and be like, Oh, I thought you were already gone. Yeah, do whatever, leave. Oh, okay. And he's going to set the, the silver briefcase on the table and he's going to pull out a key. He's gonna, his hand's going to shake a little bit as he goes and he, he unlocks the face muzzle and all the other locks come off. Good luck, Phoebe. I'll tell the Grand Duchess I dropped him off. And he's going to rush out of the room. Loading, loading, loading threat, loading threat, loading threat. Keep your damn mouth shut. I I did mean to ask, what is that? And as soon as the locks come off, you are all filled by just a dreadful aura in the room. And yes, this is an actual mechanic. I'm sorry, I I don't believe in dreadful. I'm mildly perturbed. Oh, sorry. Uh, I can hear you talking to me, but you're you're so far away. I thought this would all be carried out in a much more jovial manner. Posit, we are not much more competent than the previous crew. Oh, as long as somebody wheels me around, I can still get out there. Oh, well, anything to help a good, um, I guess, colleague. I'm I'm still a little uh, upset by that comment. We're not as not barely any better than the previous crew. I heard that they were barely functional, and I am an expert at my craft. Posit, yeast of all breweries has been labeled as the scene of terrorist crimes. Uh, not a positive crew, not a clean crew. Phoebe's just gonna shake her head as you guys interact and kind of like put her face in her hands and be like, God, why did I get stuck with these people? Oh, is there, is there somebody else in the room? Oh, could somebody wheel me over to that lovely lady that's talking to me? I want to be able to see her. Oh, of course. Don't worry about it. And, um, yeah, Buddy's going to stand up, stand behind the wheelchair and just push him over there, wheel him over there. And as he gets closer, he's just going to stand up out of the wheelchair. Phoebe, old hag, you're just looking as beautiful as ever. Are those new lines under your eyes? And the second you stand up, Phoebe's going to draw her pistol out from behind her in one fluid motion and have the barrel of the gun right under your chin as you stand up. She's not playing around and she's making it very clear she's having none of your bullshit this time. Oh, lovely. You just know how to get me going. And he's gonna reach across the bar and he's gonna grab a drink and go. So he cracks it, he takes a drink and he just looks at her deep in her eyes. You seem to be able, capable of perambulation. Would you like your wheelchair still pushed? Oh, holy shit, where did the Grand Duchess pull that little thing? From the toy shop? Correction, I was hired by Knowles to kill two individuals. Well, that's really neat. Is that a dog? That's very reductive of you. Now, now where's the robot going with the racism? This is... Penelope, give me a little toy so I can throw it to the guy. I, I wouldn't entirely mind that. I, I don't I don't understand. Aren't you a dog? I, I'm not meaning to be uh, be racist, but I I had assumed that you were of, of the furry f- friend kind. I am a shuni, good sir. Dog is it's a different species. Derogatory. Exactly. You get it, Phoebe. Phoebe. I thought her name was Penelope. Whoops. How about we go round back, just like old times? I don't understand what's happening here. Are we? Are we chaperoning a date, or are we going to go make some money? Why not both? Uh, Gristle uh, rolls his eyes, and he's like, I'm sorry. 
but you are entirely not my type. Oh, don't be like that. It only makes me stronger. He looks at Phoebe and he's like, This is becoming a 300 gold mission very quickly. This is becoming get out of my bar before I shoot one of you very quickly. Depending on who you're willing to shoot, I might be willing to stay and watch. But he is out of there. Bye, Penelope. Tell the Grand Duchess I said hi. He's going to leave too. Crystal also leaves. The automaton, after just a couple of minutes, extends one of those little arms, waves, and then begins following the trails of the others out. All right. So you all have been tasked with going to Koswana's workshop, talking to his neighbor. And first of all, you have to go to the Temple of Brig to get the address and maybe research into what he was learning that got him into such hot water. Maybe it'll tell you where he's going. He was a prime cog, after all. That's probably not a position that comes without, you know, grease and a few elbows, right? Oh, yeah. That is the second highest ranking in the Brigitte priesthood. Would we know just off the bat if that's like an elected priesthood or this is, uh, um, they just, uh, it, it takes time. He, he was an old guy, right, with the picture we saw? Roll me religion. Ooh, that's a 10, which is average, with a whopping 2 untrained, which means I just know about cogs. I don't know about the prime cog. Yeah, you know the rankings. You know that they're done somehow, but you don't know if it's skill-based, if it's age-based, if it's elected. You don't know. Well, I'm I'm sure there's a lever involved somewhere and uh, possibly some cogs and some transfer of uh, energy or power. I don't know. Anybody know anything about this? Is there a transmission that we need to go talk to? Well, there's only one Temple of Brig in Alkenstar, so that's pretty much your only place to go. Oh, would it be like more like a gear shift who's the main secretary? It's actually a tertiary cog who's the main secretary. Oh, okay, okay, tertiary cog up front. All right, all right. Um, would they be apostles of gears? No, we have disciples of gears. I know that's a, that's a background. Okay. Do I get a, a hero point for killing everyone with my poor uh, uh, religious puns? <laughs> I just don't know what to say to that. How do you respond? It's best not to. <laughs> I'm not the one who came up with these religious titles. I don't know what the cardinal linchpin uh, uh, lug nut would be, right? You know, maybe there's, a, maybe there's like a, a socket wrench or like a regular church ushers would be uh, hammer time. I don't know. Come on now. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, I guess we all take off on that Alcatstar. Our friend doesn't need a wheelchair. That's nice. Do, do people recoil and dread away from you in the street? Do we just get to follow in your terrifying wake? Yes, actually. You feel a little bit invigorated by the dread, but other people can kind of pick up on it, and they kind of just steer clear. But um, I also just realized that nobody asked what my name was. Well, I'm, I, I'm just wondering if there's like a 1 in 20 chance somebody poops their pants as they see you in the crowd and they go running. Uh, can I roll intimidation to scare the shit out of somebody? Sure, roll for it. With my devastating aura, oh, dread aura rather. All right, dirty 20. Oh, you're just doing average dread auras. Who are you? Uh, Dirty 20, you made a little boy shit himself. Perfect. He's like seven, so he would probably do it anyways. Even better. Uh, but I'm still gonna force Buddy to roll, push me around in the wheelchair. I mean, with that intimidation and the wheelchair shenanigans, Buddy's just confused and going along with it. I'm so glad the Grand Duchess let me free so I can go party around with you three. So we're supposed to kill some religious nut job. Sounds like a blast. 
I'm, I'm sorry, set you free? Yes, yes, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Red Naxala. You could just call me Nax. I was locked up by the Grand Duchess because I confessed my love to her and she didn't quite take it very well. Wait, am I working with criminals? Well, I'm more of a killer than a criminal. I wouldn't exactly call myself a criminal. Criminals get caught. I was discovered in a junk heap and sent here to kill someone. Two someones, particularly. I am probably a criminal. I've been killing people for well over 200 years. Being a vampire at all kinda has its quirks. I... I significantly just misunderstood that, um... that invitation. I thought it was just a regular job. It's okay, Fido. Nobody expects you to read. I can read, thank you, very much. God, you know what? Walk. No, push me. It brings me joy. Just out of curiosity, I'm an ancient elf. Would I would I know who he act who he is? Like just for the fact that we both live so long? I think he would have to roll religion for that, wouldn't he? Because I'm a dampier. Yeah, that would be a religion check. Uh, uh, apparently, we've never crossed paths. Nope. Two hundred years old and never once crossed paths. Strange how that happens. Two hundred years old and all you have is a collection of Riddleport anime. Mm. So I guess we're wheeling our way on over. Oh, you're welcome. Can I roll diplomacy to make him wheel me? Would it really be diplomacy? The automaton will just sense this uh, poor senior citizen in distress and, and go over to assist with the wheelchair. Ah, oh, finally, it's so hard to find good help these days. And what is your name? My name is Cogsley Tinkerton. This name was pre-programmed on behalf of the Null Tribe of the Mwangi Expanse. Right, right, Bogsley. Well, let's make our way on over to the temple. I'm, I'm sorry, I thought your name was Togsley. That's what you told me when we walked into the bar. It is pronounced Cogsley. C as in Charlie. O as in Octagon. G as in glad to meet you. S as in stupid adventurer. L as in lich. Y as in... Y. How, how strange. Uh, it must be a glitch in your system then, because you definitely said Cogsley when we walked into the bar. We walked in together, don't you remember? Oh, I'm gonna roll perception on this, but yes. What's your deception DC there, buddy? I think that beats it. Ooh, I'm pretty sure 21 will beat his deception DC. Diagnostics running. Diagnostics running. Uh, Gaslighter has a plus 8, so that's an 18. Nice. Still beats it. So 21 still beats the 18. Diagnostics running. Diagnostics running. Diagnostics running. Suggestion, you have tinnitus. I would get your ears checked. Perhaps purchase a brass ear at one of the local brasseries. My, I, you know, I do like an invention with a little bit of sarcasm. If, if you ever need any fine tuning, let me know. I, I'm dabble in, in gears and cogs and whatnot. Perhaps you can make yourself a better story because you're boring me to death. Are we there yet? Why don't we drop you off at the nearest hospice? You look like you're about to die. Maybe again, I don't know. Listen here, you little shit. I will eat you. I looked at my, I bet you would. I hear I taste amazing. Why don't we, um, change the topic of conversation here? Um, for the rest of the journey, I spy with my little eye something beginning with... And yeah, I'm just gonna walk off with that. While we're walking, do I see a stall to buy dog treats? Uh, not in your path? Assessment, assessment. Looking at your hands, I would not trust you to repair a frying pan. I seriously wonder who in the world programmed you. What a slick tongue you have answer. I am a 4,000-year-old unit located uh, primarily in Numeria. 
operations have shifted from time to time and my memory units have been destroyed. If you would like more information, I would suggest visiting the town of Torch in New Maria. I think I've already gone bored of this. Are we there yet? Eventually, after much longer than should have been, you guys finally come up to the Temple of Brig. It's large, it's brass, there's trinkets, there's gears and cogs all over it, ornating it, basically. And you are greeted at the door by a female human, and she's going to smile and bow at you. Hello, my name is Mintakis. I often deal with the church's public affairs. Her voice is very formal and almost mechanical as she speaks, and next to her is another acolyte who carries a large leather-bound book fastened with bronze gears. Mentakis is going to look at you all and say, I understand you have some questions for the Brigites? Ah, uh, yes, it's, it's finally good to have someone with at least a modicum of manners around here. I am Gristle, Gristle Gaslight. This is my compatriots, uh, Togsley, the dog, and I don't know, Grandpa. My name's Buddy. I'm sorry if I didn't mention it earlier. Alright, I actually do feel bad about saying your name wrong. This is Buddy. Nax is gonna get up out of his wheelchair. Yes, yes, nobody cares about you. But you, Maddie. Yes, we've come for a very important reason. But more importantly, are you available this afternoon? She's gonna smile politely at you and say, no. Buddy's gonna kind of grab his back and just sit him down, back down in the wheelchair. You'll have to excuse him. He's senile. Honestly, we do this as charity, you know, pushing him around, keeping him lively in his olden years. She just smiles politely and says, Yes, of course. I too have a grandfather who's getting into the dementia age. I am not your grandfather! And he turns to her and he's like, Unless you're into that. She smiles politely and says, No. I whisper to Nax and I say, Actually, I heard that she is in fact your granddaughter. I don't know how that works, but that's what people tell me. You're not just wrong, you're stupid, and I hate you for it. A complete collapse of diplomacy within 10 seconds. Fantastic. I guess the automaton will waddle up um, and request that we um, have any access to records regarding the former prime cog and suspected heretic, uh, Koswani, was his name? Koswana. Koswana, yeah. And Mentakis is going to raise an eyebrow in mild surprise. We haven't kept up with the going-ons of the former primary cog for quite some time. In accord with Regulation 1452, Olaman Koswana is no longer associated with our temple. She's going to turn to the acolyte, who opens the complex clockwork latching mechanism on the book. He's going to quickly swift through it to find a passage, and hands the book to you all, pointing to a heading that reads Regulation 1452, and... He's going to recite it from memory. Regulation 1452, as you all read along with him, all components shall advance the functional or aesthetic qualities of the device. Any component which does not serve the whole shall be excised. The acolyte closes the book as he finishes the last phrase. Mentakis nods, eyes closed, savoring the logic of the words. So it was with primary cog Kotswana. He chose not to serve the church, so was declared superfluous to our needs. He continues to serve the Whisper and Bronze in his own way, perhaps, but not in an official capacity. I believe his workshop is in the Ferris Quarter along the river, three blocks west of Hammer Street. 
that is most useful information. Primate Cog, uh, would you be willing to offer any other descriptive qualities regarding this home as we, we might seek it out in the future times? She smiles and she hands you a piece of paper with his address written on it. Numbers are even better than abject directions. Thank you. Well, we got away we needed. Let's blow this cog stand. In curiousness, did the primate cog uh, provide any religious writings, texts, or other philosophical posits during his time and uh, tenure in your church? She's going to smile and say, yes, he provided quite a lot, but he also found himself fascinated with some of the uh, less accurate records in our archives, from which he formed a peculiar worldview. Instead of helping to grow the knowledge of the faith, he fell victim to lies and half-truths. Grand Cog Lelonir finally had it to ask him to retire from public duties to prevent further embarrassment. Have you preserved any of these works, or have they been cast out alongside the priest? The acolyte standing next to Mentakis is going to speak up now. Regulation 317. In order to truly create an original device, one must first create the entire cosmos. All makers build upon those who have come before, and it is the duty of every maker to leave a foundation for future makers to build upon. Mentakis is going to nod again in agreement, and then look at your confused faces and elaborate a little bit. Even old texts rife with error are retained by our order, but some stories from the past are meant as allegory or require heavy revision or annotation in light of new understandings. Koswana took a few such stories literally and it infected his work, his teaching, even his mind. You must understand, every religion has those who believe they have cracked the code or uncovered truths that generations of researchers before them have missed. When presented with evidence, these people merely invent a bigger conspiracy to explain away the incongruity that allows them to maintain their belief. We do have a sacred library, and you may glean some knowledge in the asynchronous archives. That's the library with the sacred material in the temple's basement. Koswana, though a powerful primary cog, was not exempt from the many rules he broke while accessing the archives. Perhaps you might learn something of the man by reading some of the same books he did. I can get you all access to the asynchronous archives if you are interested. That would be most helpful. It Creating psychological profiles on individuals is a, a definite help in their acquiescence and acquiring them in physical terms. Red is just asleep in the wheelchair. I am actually very interested in the archives as well, so I would love access if that would be possible. She smiles and nods. There are multiple request forms specifying what you wish to study, that acolytes and cogs have to do. However, guests are permitted to peruse the church's library freely once per month for a single visit up to 24 hours. Of course, you are still required to sign a strict non-disclosure agreement forbidding you from revealing any information you learn to others. If you're willing to sign the document, I can have you come in now and you'll have 24-hour access. I am not interested in sharing knowledge with others. I am strictly interested in knowledge for myself, so I would love to sign the document and have access. She smiles and nods her head and motions for you to follow her within the church. Uh, Cogsley will push the unconscious uh, geriatric person in the wheelchair uh, inside as well, you know, uh, make sure they've got their hands in their lap and, you know, nothing's dragging or anything. Well, I'm not much of a reader, but what the hell, I'll join. 
I, uh, I scratch Buddy uh, behind the ear and I'm like, there, there, Buddy. I'm sure we can find a nice fireplace to, to read by. Would you like that? Annoyingly, yes. All right. Off we are to discover knowledge and hopefully glean some information about this person. I'm sure, what was it, Bogsley uh, can figure it out while I uh, peruse other other writings. Um, what about the old man, though? Uh, shall I just make sure he doesn't get into too much trouble? Just wheel him into a bathroom stall and leave him. But he, he can still stand. Are we sure of that? I've only seen him stand maybe once or twice. I think it was a fluke. Well, I mean, if you're so sure, I guess I'll trust you. Sure. Buddy, have we really seen this man stand up that many times? And it really, he was stationary the whole time. He might be able to stand and not even take a step. The elderly are like that sometimes. Well, personally, I didn't see much of the elderly in my line of work, so, um... Ah, sure, why not? I'll just wheel him into a bathroom stall, I guess. That'll work as a temporary cell. Perhaps it could be levitation or some other manifestation of magical prowess. In which case, it could only stand maybe once or twice a day. Good point. Um, anyone know where the nearest toilets are? You are not putting me in a toilet. It's only temporary, and if I left you anywhere else, what if you needed the toilet? If it's the Church of Brig, though, I mean, maybe they've engineered the uh, outhouse by now. Nice outdoor bathrooms for the whole congregations when they come in on on the weekends and whatnot. A man takes one small nap because he's bored by a bunch of gearheads, and you want to throw him into the bathroom. You have no shame. I just want you to know I had no intention of leaving you in the bathroom. I had no part in that at all. We we have no shame? You were so rude to the to the people working here, like Loading module, shame.exe. Error. 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 Unloading module, shame.exe. Are there bookshelves next to us? No, not yet. Oh. Are we still in like you're still like taking us over to the library? Yeah. Is there anything around us? A hallway. There's no like decorations or anything? I mean, there's the walls are ornate cog system, but there's not really decorations. Buddy, I'm still not convinced that he can even do more than stand. We could just leave him here. I I don't want to leave him to the staff. That's the working people. It's it's not their problem to deal with. To be fair, I don't know that it's our problem either. We're being paid two hundred gold for this. That's a lot of money. Two hundred and fifty. An extra 50? Oh, I could cry. Penelope always treats us well. She just puts on that face. I wouldn't be so sure. I, I'm sure she said that she was paying me 250, but I think for the rest of you it might have been 200. You might want to check with her later. I mean... I'll, I'll be sure to ask her when I collect the money for us, don't worry. 200 gold. Can you imagine what you can do with 200 gold? It's incredible. I don't really care about the gold, as long as I can see the sun again. And I've write my letters, of course. That's all that matters. It sounds like we can just put you in a home with a sunroof. I have been down there for 20 years. I'm not going back. Well, I mean, as we sign the uh, uh, mechanical contract and whatnot, and we get led into the archives, do we see, uh, uh, like, massive bookshelves and whatnot lining the walls? Is it, like, immediately obvious, or is there just a bunch of bloodstains on the floor where the acolytes have fallen off from the high ceiling? So, Mentakis unlocks the large gear-covered door to the asynchronous archives, and she turns and says, It's a good thing you came when you did, she says, offhandedly. The secondary cogs begin their regularly scheduled inventory of the library in 16 hours. I trust this will be enough time for you to conduct your research. I'm, I'm sorry, I was told that we had 24 hours of access. 
Yes, now you have 16. Um, yes, um, I am almost positive that under a signed contract of anything, I should have 36 now. The Temple of Brig has conducted the sacred inventory process on the same day, at the same time, every month for the past hundred years. She smiles. No exceptions will be made. I'm not asking for an exception, but maybe uh, an extension at a later date. Maybe I can get an extra 24 hours somewhere else to make up. I mean, it does seem like, you know, bad on your reputation to have advertised something and then not, not follow through. Would you like your 16 hours to be 12? Because I can make it 12. Mackenzie, Mackenzie, ignore the stupid elf boy. Focus on me. 16 hours is more than enough. In fact, I think we'll only need one of those. Could I spend the rest of the 14 with you? But he's just gonna start wheeling him back away from this, this poor, poor girl. You may separate us physically, but you'll never separate us emotionally! Query, do you have access to the same list of records that uh, the primary cog had access during his tenure here? Perhaps a library card or some other list of his uh, access records? She's going to smile and say, we don't keep such things like that. Thank you for your assistance and access to the archives. We will uh, report to you when we leave. All right, so now we're going to go into a research subsystem rule set. Basically, it's it's similar to the... Uh, chase scene rules that we used before. You have a round of research. Each round of research takes four hours and you will receive research points depending on your check. I, I hope people have brains here because Cogsley is a very damaged automaton. I think the gaslighter is the only one of us that has actual intelligence. Yeah, but he's, uh, no, he's not that smart. I am an extremely smart individual and you have nothing to worry about, gentlemen. Although I was hoping to research more into inventions and whatnot while we were here, but oh, I guess if I'm being paid money, I can do what I must do. In the middle of the entire library, kind of like the library's almost centered around it, there is an enormous hourglass filled with pure quartz sands. As you kind of look at it, you almost feel like you see visions in the glass, like reflections that shouldn't be there. That is part of the things you can research. Uh, can I roll diplomacy to talk to people that are currently in? No. Okay. If you try to talk to anyone, they will brush you off immediately. They are too busy studying before the library takes the inventory. I'm curious at what exactly all is in, in the library. Like, do we have sections that we can look at? Or like, you know, can I research other things? Like, could I find spells or something? It is all going to be texts of Brigite paraphernalia, basically. So it's going to be different versions of their holy book. It's going to be all of their inventions. It's going to be talking about clockworks, talking about other magical paraphernalia. You wouldn't find, like, a spell sheet, but you would find research regarding spells and rituals. Okay, yeah, because my staff is, like, an invention as well, so anything that might, I don't know, it's probably too far off base, but, like, anything that would uh, enhance it in some way, maybe, I, I don't know if that's a possible avenue to look down. That is, except that would take up a round of research. Gotcha. Hmm, okay. Do we, will we know when we found something, to, in case I can make use of that extra time? Yes. Okay. That's, that's what I kind of wanted to know. Yes. So you have basically two things you can research. 
The Logic of Design Revision History, which is their holy book, which is a series of outdated versions of Briggs' holy texts, including redacted articles and unorthodox treaties. You can easily find this in the archives. And then you have the giant hourglass that you can also research. Your goal is 20 research points, and you can get 10 research points from both that I just listed, the holy text and the hourglass. I guess I would immediately want to, are we going like in a certain order or just outright state like what we're doing? Every round, each of you have one roll. So round one, whoever wants to make their roll for whatever. What do I need to roll for the religious texts? A religion check, obviously. It could be a related lore skill that you have, or it could be perception. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. Fuck, I don't have good religion. What would be the hourglass? Hourglass is going to be a related lore, occultism, or perception. Uh, Nax is going to get up out of the wheelchair and walk over to the hourglass and just look at it for a little bit, rolling perception for it. Multiple people could roll perception too, right? It's uh, per action. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, but he really isn't much of a reader and isn't intentionally studying this hourglass. It's just the only interesting thing in this room for him. So I guess... Actually, what is my perception? Yeah, well, is it perception for the hourglass? Yeah. That'll be a 21. So for four hours, it's possible that people might just be walking by and see these four people just standing at this hourglass, looking at it, drooling. I mean, they'll look at it and see a dog staring at it, drooling, but I'm assuming the other two would actually be, like, investigating it. I don't know if I'll actually be investigating it with the 15. All right, so all of you did perception for the hourglass, correct? Yeah, I did. And I rolled an 11 for my perception check. All right, so the highest is Cogsley with a 23, and I need a will save from all of you. Okay. Oh, that is a 13 on the will save. That's gonna be a 13 for me on the will save. Yay, my first nat one. All right, does anyone want to use a hero point? Uh, nah, I'm good. All right, Cogsley, you are the only one who is not overwhelmed by visions of the past and future. And you look at your compatriots and you see them like, staring whatever they were doing they're now staring into the hourglass and like getting slowly closer and closer to the glass and like reaching out their hands to touch whatever visions they're looking at and they're confused for one round cogsley will uh, just look at you all and try to get you to back up from the glass pardon me pardon me please don't drill on the glass do not drill on the glass get your head off of there you are very greasy all right, so that is round one. Round two, everyone is confused except Cogsley. So Cogsley, you get a single action. Uh, so that 21 wasn't enough to glean anything about the uh, chime itself, right? I'll give you all the information at the end once you collect all the research points. Okay, so I will, um, if I could do a warfare lore in the library, because that's the only lore skill I have, unfortunately. That's not entirely related, so I'll let you do it at a higher DC. We will give that a shot because it's the best we got. Um, a 14 on the die plus 5 for a 19. Uh, that's that's better than a hero point, I think. So that is round two. Round three, everyone is back to normal. What actions does everyone want to take? Crystal is still interested in what is going on with the hourglass, so he's going to do a perception check again, and that's going to be a 23. All right, I need a will save from you as well. That wasn't enough? Oof. Oh, that's a 16. Again, you're just overwhelmed by these visions of the past and future. It all swirls around you, and it's almost like you hear ghosts calling your name. Jesus Christ. 
You're confused again. Nax is gonna wander away from the hourglass and go towards the books and be like, If I want to see visions of the past to my father, I'd just go home. And uh, we're gonna use perception to search through the books. So Nax is just looking through books. He's like, this is boring. This one's boring. Ooh, this one's a little bit, nope, it's just boring. He throws them to the side with a uh, 15. All right, what's Buddy doing? Buddy really isn't a um, a big reader, and uh, that hourglass, it's a little weird for him. So um, instead of looking at that, he's literally just going to look for a place to nap. Is there anywhere comfy around her? I mean, there is a table and chairs, but nothing really, like, comfy. Any cushions? There's, like, cushions on the chair seats you could probably take and put on the floor to sleep in. Alright, he's just gonna kinda create a bundle of cushions off these chairs and just kinda lie on them. Have a little nap. Bit took it out after that. Okay, and then, uh, Hogsley, what's up? Well, I mean, if it's now a safe viewing time to go look at the pendulum without a bunch of uh, people getting hypnotized by it and bonking their heads on the glass. Honestly, uh, I guess we'll throw another perception. Uh, I'm trying to get a, a figure out what the deal is with this massive hypnotic pendulum and how it hasn't killed every brig worshipper yet. Oh, a natty one on the dice. I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw a hero point on that one. Well, uh, that's what we in the business call the cursed hero point. Um, going from a one to a three, at least it's not a crit fail. I mean, I hope it's not a crit fail. All right. And then that is round three. Now we are coming up on the last round. Oh, sorry. Did I need a will check as well while I was looking at the pendulum? Yes. Sorry. You were doing perception. Give me a will check. Well, my good luck ran out. A plus 10 doesn't save me on a four on the dice for a 14, I guess. Yeah, you're overcome by these horrible visions of a dwarf woman and and a goat that's slowly eating you. I don't understand. It's circus. For some reason, there's so many polka dot pants. All right, so Gaslighter and Cogsley are confused for the last round. Buddy and Nax, you both have a single action to save the day. Uh, Nax is kind of just clearing out this book rack. He's already halfway. He's pretty OCD, so he wants to finish. So he's going to continue just looking through books, seeing if he can gleam anything interesting as he just flips through them. And he finds something interesting in there because he rolls a 28. Alrighty. Ooh, this one seems interesting. Buddy, what are you doing? Still sleeping? Uh, no, it's... He's had a nap for a while, but he's kind of at that point where it's like, it's too much of a nap, you know? If you sleep anymore, he'll just be groggy, and that's not good when he's on the job. So instead, again, not wanting to look at that hourglass, he's going to begrudgingly just kind of haul haul himself over to the books, take a couple off the shelves, and start reading through. Uh, So is that just uh, religion? Religion or perception. Oh, perception, definitely. That'll be a 25. Okay. Nax is just going to be like, Buddy, come here, boy. Come here, boy. Read this one. And he's going to throw it like a frisbee towards him. But he will catch that in his mouth. I sure hope so with a 25. You better catch that and read it in air. So overall, you guys did horribly. I'm so shocked. I know. You don't say. I'm I'm really shocked. So the first piece of information I give you is when you get five research points. You guys collectively have three. Fantastic. You know, when somebody mentioned we didn't have any ink builds here, I, I, I had a little moment of uh, a, a moment of panic. I think is that like a five with the curve, or 
It's not even a five with the curve. They didn't drop that many questions. Well, here's to a productive 16 hours in the Church of Brig, you know, hanging out in this musty old uh, uh, archive, right? The asynchronous archive. It was a good time. Yeah, good time. Staring at an hourglass. Get some cool visions. Throwing the frisbee with the dog. Yeah, fun times. Paper cuts. We all have that cute little mark on our foreheads where we spend the hour, like, staring at the glass, just, you know leaning our heads up against it. It was a good time. That's just a long line of drool from where Buddy's been. Well, and, and the wet nose mark too, right? Oh, of course, of course. So I'm guessing they kick us out of this library. Yes, they kick you out of the library. Well, at least back out on the streets, we got his exact home address. Yeah, uh, whilst we're getting kicked out, um, it's once, uh, I'll let them look, go ahead a bit and I'll just kind of turn back to some of the stuff just as I go through, just like, I'm really sorry for the old man. It's... It's a colleague of mine. It's I know he's rude. I'll try and control him better next time. It, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And yeah, kind of doing that to everyone he walks past. Mintaku is going to smile and nod at you. Well, gentlemen, I think we did a great job there. Um, what do we want to do as our next action towards this investigation? Who wants to torture an old man? To- torture? And he raises his hand. I'm sorry, do you want us to torture you? Is that what you're saying? Is this some kind of sadomasochism thing? No, no, I'm on the clock this time, but later. Wait, t- torture? D- why, why we have to torture anyone? It's, what? I mean, I would rather not dirty my hands with torturing somebody. Can't we just go over there and ask him what's going on? I find sometimes the direct approach is not always the wrong approach. You know, I never thought you'd be the voice of reason, but it's good with me. I thought our advice from um, our dear employer was to go check with the neighbors before we actually try to go raid his property, which is most likely done up with a bunch of traps since he's, you know, a priest of pride. Break, break, yeah. Yeah, we should probably go talk to the neighbors, especially when they find out, well, rather, when the gearheads find out what I did to their giant gear that they keep in the hallway. Now come on, make haste, and he claps his hands. Somehow I can't, I don't doubt that you took some kind of old man shit on the gear or something. I may or may not have tilted all of them in the, uh, in the hallway. You just tilted all the gears like two degrees in different directions to really just irritate everybody. Yeah, considering how uptight they are about code, I'm sure they wouldn't like that their gears are tilted 45 degrees in the wrong direction. I'm trying to think of a good, like, gear and and odd tool analogy to do for, like, feng shui, but I I can't come up with anything. I really threw a wrench in the gear. Ooh. Also, you guys are aware that Koswana's not at his workshop, right? Yeah, he flew out of town on his uh, magical cat dragon. Yes, okay. Mekaragon. So you're not going to torture an old man or ask him questions. You're going to investigate where he went. And then torture the old man. It, it's a process. He, he fled from a break-in, right? I, I didn't get that part of the story wrong. Yes, he fled from a break-in. All right, so his, his escape mechanism was the, the magical cat dragon that was illegally registered. That was his plan. So, um, I mean, there's probably stuff that's been left behind by the other gang there, too. Um, and they might be watching the property. So it, it, it is getting careful time now that we're actually approaching his house. Yes, and he does have a nosy neighbor who you can talk to before you actually go to his workshop. Is it the appropriate time of day to stop by and dish tea with the nosy neighbor? Or um, are we like uh, approaching 9 p.m. and it's it's quiet time in the neighborhood? So the nosy neighborhood is actually a junkyard owner. So he's home pretty much after 1 p.m. He's home because most of his work is in the morning collecting it. 
Oh, houses right next to the junkyard. Of course, there's no zoning laws here, of course. It's not really a house. His workshop's in a warehouse. I don't care what time of day it is. I want to tickle his gears. Let's talk to him. Warehouse next to a junkyard. Next thing you're going to tell me, the neighbor on the other side is running a sleazy um, by-the-week motel. Because this has now turned into a steampunk cyberpunk. (laughs) Does that mean you guys are going to get uh, dildo weapons? All the time. All the time. All of us. Quickly, go arm with our sex toy uh, uh, defensive uh, weapons here. Ah, yes, please. Give me flamethrower dildo pistols. You all head over towards Koswana's workshop, and Phoebe suggested that you question the neighbor, who is a junkyard owner named Wenrick Riggs. He owns a shop in the building directly north of Koswana's workshop. Well, this would appear to be the address listed from the priests of Bry for the previous residence of the Prime Cock. Well, um, Shredin, then, uh, I reckon, like me, he's working man, laborer. Let me talk to him a bit. I'm sure we can get the whole thing sorted. Yes, good idea. You talk to him and I'll come from behind and tie him up. We're, we're not torturing anyone. You should probably not assault a neighbor directly. Yes, I don't know that we... I think that we probably could reason with the man without, um, torturing him. Who said anything about torture? Please recall the terms of our contract. We are only being paid for one questionable activity that could result in multiple felonies or misdemeanors. Fine. So lame. And as you guys are staying outside the workshop talking, you see someone out of the corner of your eye kind of like staring at you. It's a human man. And then as you look at him, he ducks his head back into the shop in the north of the workshop. But he's just going to shut that up. You're right up there, lads. Uh... We, we just want to ask you some questions about the um, some recent events. It's, it'll take five, ten minutes tops and we'll be out your air. He's going to come around and kind of step close to you guys and be like, you mean old Koswana there? God, he has that deafening foolery. I've been filing noise complaints with the shield marshal for weeks to no avail. And he kind of spits. Nothing gets done under that deputy Loveless, I tell ya. We don't know is the best of them. Loveless, useless. Anyway, these, um noises what what kind of stuff you been hearing here why what's it to you well we're just um interested in, um in finding that um that Koswana lad a lot of people are interested in him what do you want him for we want to make sure he um makes it out of this ordeal alive ordeal what ordeal what's going on listen here buddy i this is kind of a secret thing but he's gonna like lean up next to him like wrap his arm around and be like but I'm willing to tell you a little something. People are looking for him. Apparently he had a little fling with a hot young thing in town, and apparently her husband was too happy, so he's been sending people after him. We are to make sure he's okay. That way he gets to have a sweet little thing, and everybody lives happily ever after. But we need to find him first. Um, if he's making you uncomfortable, just just tell me I'll remove him. Yeah, roll me deception. That is a 24. Are my words, like, silk to his ears? Oh yeah, he's totally enthralled. His eyes go wide, and he kind of leans in closer once you start mentioning the juicy details. And he nods and says, Well, I saw my neighbor chased away by some ne'er-do-wells, but I don't remember any more details. Well, how long ago was it? We did see some guys leaving and heading. Said that they were going his way after him, but we don't really know the time frame. Oh, it was two days ago. 
Oh, two days, that's a lot of time he could be spending with his sweetheart. Any idea what direction he headed off to? I don't remember. Pardon me, good proprietor of this shop. Would two gold pieces jog your memory? And uh, Cogsley will hold out one gold piece to him. He's going to reach over and grab the gold piece and say, You know, I I think I am starting to remember something. Roll me diplomacy, Cogsley. Can I aid his diplomacy? If you want, yeah. As I'm just, you know, sweet-talking this dude. Never mind, he doesn't need it. Well, I mean, my first nat 20 of the session comes with my minus one charisma modifier for a 19, but it should be a success, I hope. Oh, no. That's still a critical success, yeah. So he's going to take the coin and smile and say, Yeah, I saw several bandits dressed in gold and black pass by my office window to to stop at Koswana's door. They kicked it in, and I heard some shouts, several shots, and the sounds of a scuffle. I peered out my window, but I couldn't see inside the workshop. A few moments later, I heard more shots inside the building, and then Koswana burst from the loading area on a flying cat made of brass and gold. The bandits ran after him and fired their guns at him, but Kosawana flew far out of sight. Apparently, the workshop is so packed with materials that Koswana couldn't even open the front door fully to get inside. Instead, he usually cracks open the door just a bit each time he comes and goes and squeezes through the tight gap before quickly closing it behind him. I'm assuming you guys are going to go investigate his workshop. That is part of our presumption, yes. Were you aware of any shield marshals who toured his property after the incident? Shield marshals? No. I don't remember any shield marshals. It was just those hooligans chasing after him. And no one else has been to the property since? I'm sorry to take up so much of your time here. No, it's it's been empty since. Uh, I will rifle, well, Cogsley will rifle its little pockets um, and produce five more silver pieces for him um, and thank him for his time. Um, unfortunately, he does not have change for another 10 gold piece. He's still going to take it and smile. This'll do. Well, we do appreciate your time. Is there anything else you might be able to tell us before we uh, embark? Um, not that I know. I believe he has a cat as a pet, so keep your dog on a leash. Is the cat important to him? Yeah, the cat's very important. Interesting. And he didn't take it with him? I mean, I didn't see a cat when he ran, but he also flew off on a flying cat. I couldn't really see much of anything once he flew up in the sky. So maybe he has a cat with him? I don't know. Yes, yes, our lovely man has a very fine thing for cats. In fact, that little sweetheart I mentioned is an exceptionally fine cat folk, if I do say so myself. Anyways, we're gonna go tour the workhouse, make sure he didn't leave any signs where he was going, okay? Yeah, I have to get back to work anyways. Bye, sweetie, have a good time at work. Bye. Nax is gonna go over to the workshop and try and squeeze open the door. Alright. But he's gonna start walking over and just, um, are jobs like this always this uncomfortable? Well, I wouldn't say they're generally very comfortable to begin with. You're not used to, uh, dealing in the shadows, I take it. What? Well, <laughs> dealing in the shadows, uh, well, I'm, um, I was a miner by trade, uh, there was a little bit of an accident on one of the last few jobs, lost it, and, uh, just looking for work, if I'm honest, and then, uh, yeah, got something about a ridiculous, a frankly ridiculous amount of gold to do what seemed like a fairly simple job. It appears to have been anything but. You don't have to be a 4,000-year-old automaton to know when they offer you a lot of gold, the job is never going to be simple. Oh, but there's, there's like, a bit of a complicated job, and then there's dealing with, um, the old man over there. 
He does appear quite sprightly. Is the door trapped? Oh, and here's where trouble begins. You go ask if the door is trapped. We've got a whole yard to go through. So uh, you want to check for traps, so roll me perception. Perception. Nax is just going up to the door. He's like, hmm, this door appears to be made of door. He's looking around. What does a 26 get me? A 26, you notice there's a metal dart on the ground near the doorway. Like, I would step on it? No, like, I mean, you would step on it, but not needle pointed up. Can I investigate the dart? Yeah, you can pick it up. Like, had, as had possibly been previously shot out of a blowgun situated somewhere around the doorframe dart lying on the ground? Yeah, yeah, like a, like that, exactly. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, those kinds of darts. So this dart looks like it came out of a blowgun. Is there, can I, like, investigate it, see, like, if I can tell where it came from? I know it came from a blowgun, but maybe it was, like, made by somebody specific, or a certain gang would use it? No? Okay. No. Is it a search the doorframe action, right? Yeah, you can search the doorframe. Um, and as you search the doorframe, you notice that there is a wire string on the door, and there's like gears and strange contraption on the inner portion of the doorframe. You can't reach it, but you can like see it through the crack in the door. Well, the neighbor did say that every time he comes in, he only pushes the door a tiny bit open. So, uh, does anybody have a way to push this thing without, mm, you probably want to wedge something or try and get anybody to squeeze in there. Uh, oh, I I got thieves tools. Uh, I guess I'll take a whack at the, uh, tripwire out front of the door and see if I get a poison dart to the neck. Okay. Ooh, with a plus 10 in thievery, um, the picks give me a 24 as I go with that tripwire. You are able to somehow unhook the wire from the gears, and then you see the gears rotating, and you hear some, like, clicking and clacking, but nothing happens besides that. Hmm, okay, nothing's happened. Uh, give that little doorknob a check and see if it's locked or unlocked, I guess. It's locked. Spoiler. Well, yeah, no, of course he, of course he locked it up, or the thieves locked it up on their way out. You know, good of them to do that. Uh, let's give it. Um, we said there was something on the hinges that we can see through the crack. I mean, if we're trying to get through this door, uh, this might come a use. And um, Buddy's gonna pull out a crowbar from his bag. Who's a good boy? Who's gonna break and enter? You are. Sure, fine. So yeah, just gonna prepare to just wrench open the door with this crowbar. Is that, um, athletics? Um, athletics to force open, yep, with a, uh, circumstance bonus for the crowbar. Is it a levered crowbar, or is it just the regular crowbar? Just a crowbar. Uh, you, you don't take the penalty for not having adequate equipment, which is a minus two circumstance penalty. Okay, so it's just flat athletics to force open with the crowbar. That is perfectly fine with me. <laughs> that is a natural 20, making that a 30. Damn. I'm taking it, but he's done this, like, one-handed, just kind of seemed like it wasn't work, like opening a can. Alrighty. And with that, door is open. And oh, look. Initiative. Alright, go get it, boy. Go along. Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. Red and Buddy here from the Outlaws of Falcon Star campaign. Buddy here wants to let you know. Come on, boy. You gonna speak? You gonna speak to the audience? I'm so sorry for him, audience. I know he's a pain. If you did enjoy this show, make sure to join our Discord and follow us at TPK Podcasts. We'll catch you for the next one.
What a wonderful day. Roll for it.